Hey, welcome to episode 65 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles, and yes, September has arrived. And the best thing about that is now that September is here, the 2023-2024 regular season is that much closer. Well, let's catch up on player news. The Tampa Bay Lightning have signed left-wing Brandon Hagel to an eight-year contract worth $52 million. The Lightning just keeps on doing an amazing job with cap management. It's amazing how many players they can keep locked up and how little they actually lose and are able to keep the core of the team together. The Tampa Bay Lightning have to be basically the poster boys of the NHL. And there's a couple of other clubs that do it really well when it comes to cap management as well, but they have just stood alone. Detroit signed center Joe Valeno to a one-year contract worth $825,000. Detroit is a very interesting team. It's truly intriguing to watch Steve Eiserman put together the organization and assemble the Red Wings roster. Steve Eiserman has got to be the definition of meticulous, methodical, just those types of things without a doubt. His attention to be able to deal from one day to one player issue to another player to being able to plug in and plug out and acquire certain players has just been really, really interesting to watch. Regarding the Arizona Coyotes, Coach Andre Torgany has signed a new three-year contract to remain that club's head coach, which should be a phenomenal advantage for that team as he has honestly seemed like the best coach the organization's ever had. He's very approachable. The players like him. Players listen to him. They like the style of system he implements. They seem to be treated equally, which they appreciate. He doesn't seem to play favorites. Seems to have an open door and open mind, which always makes a player happy and just seems to be a really solid fit for the organization. And back to the Tampa Bay Lightning for a second. They continue to add depth to their team, this time defensively, by signing defenseman Darren Radish to a two-year contract with a total value of $1.95 million. Now, on to the New York Rangers, who did something recently I was so extremely happy to see. They have signed left-wing Alexi Lafreniere to a two-year contract worth $2.33 million. That is not only a fantastic value for the New York Rangers, but finally puts an end to some additional insane, relentless rumors of how Montreal should give away a ridiculous amount of prospects overpay for that prospect, and add them to their roster. For no other reason than apparently he's just from the province of Quebec. Not sure how that's a valid reason where anybody is from to do anything for. That being said, I'm just glad they signed him, and that is now behind us as well, because everybody was going, oh, they got to offer sheet him. They got to offer sheet him. No, they don't. And again, Montreal already has an amazing amount of prospects coming through their own organization, ready to take positions, and it's going to be a very competitive training camp, both on the rookie training camp and on the preseason training camp. Montreal's already trying to juggle and move veteran players out to create enough spots for the people that they already have. So there is no reason in any way, shape, or form for the Canadians to start adding pieces and players from other organizations. Not to mention the fact that the talent that's available is no better and often actually worse than what they already have coming. 
which is far superior. So that's a concept I just do not get. But I was so glad to see the Canadians did not offer sheet him like the Carolina Hurricanes offer sheeted Yaspiri Kakanyemi and completely overpaid. Could Kakanyemi turn into a decent player for Carolina? I hope he does. I don't wish the guy any bad luck. But I don't want to see Montreal doing things like that. Again, they're already digging themselves out of cap issues left from previous management. They're trying to facilitate a rebuild remodel reconfiguration whatever somebody wants to call it on the team and they don't need added problems to it which is exactly things like that cause now continuing on the player news front this is a topic that i know will touch a lot of nerves for people austin matthews has finally signed in toronto for four years for 53 million dollars to stay as a member of that organization my hat's off to the guy his agent obviously did a phenomenal job but the fact that he now will make more than Connor mcdavid and let me preface this by saying i'm not a homer if you will in this scenario but Connor mcdavid is far and away the best player in the league and although i don't think anybody should make more than the people that have won the most championships in their sport at any time until they win more championships let's bring that to a modern flavor and say nobody should be making more than the best player in the league and here's the problem and the reason that i mentioned that oh this is great though nhl salaries are going up we're going to talk about something that the nhl lacks severely and doesn't have that the nfl nba major league baseball and even the premier and misl soccer leagues have far more of we'll come back to that but Connor mcdavid absolutely without question is the best player in the league the distance between him and austin matthews i know a lot of people say austin matthews is one of the stars of the league too fine we'll go with that for the sake of argument however the difference between Connor mcdavid and austin matthews if somebody said to me who is more valuable to their team it's no competition Connor mcdavid wins hands down he makes everybody around him better. He's had statistics better than any other player now for several years in a row. He brings up the level of ability and accomplishment and standard on his team like no other player in the league does right now. It's not even close. That's why every year people want to have an argument or a debate over who's the Hart Trophy winner. Until somebody dethrones Connor McDavid, there is no other discussion. He is the best. Skating, stick handling, vision on the ice, elevation of team members. It's just no question. He's the best, period. And nobody should be making more than him. Continuing on with the Edmonton Oilers for a second, they have also signed defenseman Evan Bouchard to a new two-year contract worth $7.8 million. There are some that are already saying how the Edmonton Oilers are going to live to regret this because it's a bridge contract. They should have taken the opportunity to sign him to a longer-term contract to keep better cost certainty on his contract. Well, again, for those that might not be aware of it, this is hopefully the last offseason that the NHL cap will be as cash-strapped as it's been, with the very little movement it's had now for three years. So next year, the cap is supposed to go up. There wasn't a lot of money to play with. That's one of the reasons why teams have not signed nearly the amount of players for nearly the amount that they normally do. Now, that could play out really well for the players. As much as people say, oh my God, that's unfair to the players. Teams don't have the money to pay for them. Well, if they have a couple of good years and now the cap has reignited, if you will, and started going back up, they can cash in on a big contract and now might have an even better contract offer because they really gave it everything that they had in the short 
two or three year contracts that people have been signing the last couple of years. So this can work out for them just as well. And not to be left out here regarding Evan Bouchard, yes, his game has shown improvement. Absolutely. No question about it. It is in or on what they call an upward trajectory. That being said, it's an extremely small sample size. This is actually a very similar scenario to what the people want to do with Sam Montembeau's next contract. And there are actually people out there that want to sign him to a four, five, or six year contract at six plus million dollars a year. Those people are insane and have lost their mind. Yes, Sam Montembeau, like Evan Bouchard, has an upward trajectory in their careers right now and things are moving in the right direction. That being said, it's an extremely small sample size. Very small. Hasn't had the number of years behind it with consistency. Why would you do that? Why would you pay that kind of money? You only have so much money to go around. That seems to be something that escapes a lot of people's thought. I don't know if their responses are emotional, which if they are, have no place in anything because you have to look at it from a business factual percentage 100% of the time, but you don't have that much money and that has to be factored in. It's a 20-man sport. It's a 20-man roster. It takes chemistry in all 20 players to win the championship this is not golf this is not tennis and tennis and golf even have doubles and tournaments and things with more players but a lot of it is one-on-one player against the course that's not what this is this is a team sport so there has to be balance across the board doesn't mean everybody gets the exact same contract but there are more than one contract or more than one player's contract to be concerned about and that that seems to escape a lot of rationality Now, regarding Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews, I said we'd get back to this. The National Hockey League, or anything about the sport of hockey, as much as I love it, and as much as I think it is the premier sport on the planet, and the only one that I am extraordinarily passionate about, that all being said, that's only a personal opinion. It doesn't have, and when I say it, the sport of hockey, or the National Hockey League, does not have the league revenue, or the TV contracts the National Football League has, National Basketball Association, Major League Baseball, or Major League Soccer. In multiple leagues within soccer, all those sports have far more TV revenue than hockey has. It's not even close. That creates a problem. The players' salaries in the National Hockey League cannot escalate anywhere near or like the other sports. If they do, you'll sink the league. The league's done. And everybody's like, oh, well, you know, the owners have always been greedy. I agree with that to a point. But you know what the funny thing about the owners are? For all the people that sit there and say the owners are greedy and everything else, well, guess what? They're the ones that have the money to pay anybody anything to begin with. They're the ones that are paying all the expenses on the arenas as far as the lights, the concessions, all that. They're footing the bill. Now, when the stadium originally got built, maybe part of that was a taxpayer responsibility. I understand that argument for anybody that wants to throw that in there. But the owners are paying the bills, so they're entitled to make more than anybody else. They're footing all the associated costs. So there's not the revenue, whether it be jersey sales, whether it be concessions, whether it be contracts from the television networks, they're nowhere near those other sports. So as players, undoubtedly, and some fans are like, yes, finally NHL player salaries are going up. Be careful because you're going to cripple the league and you can literally bankrupt it. It can be completely unaffordable because I'm sure there's people that are sitting there going, yes, we are getting closer and closer to that 15, 20 million dollar per season paycheck. The league can't support that. And the other thing that goes hand in hand with that is it is a salary cap league. Think about it for a second. Let's even say you have a $100 million team payroll. 
you've got 20 players on that team. One guy is making 20 or $25 million. That is either one-fifth or one-fourth of your payroll in one guy of 20. There is no way that team will be competitive. At best, they'll have a season. But the days of dynasty, which is what everybody really wants for their team, like Montreal, like Detroit, like Edmonton of the 80s, the New York Islanders of the 80s, those four, five-plus-year-in-a-row Stanley Cup champions are done. There's no way you can afford to do that. And the cap's not going to go away. The cap is never going to go away. It's here to stay. So that's a major financial issue that can literally sink the entire league and the sport. Now, let's move on to a much more pleasant and lighter topic. The NHL and its board and its committee has approved the sale of the Ottawa Senators to new owner and his group, Michael Anlauer. That is fantastic news for Ottawa. Ottawa finally has the best owner that they'll ever have. A guy that is not only committed to the sport, but a guy that brings a type of stability, calmness, passion for the team and the game like never before. Michael Anlauer seems to be far more than a prototypical owner that way. The vast majority of his time as an owner and everything he does seems to be nothing more than doing it right. It's not one of those types of people or one of those kinds of owners that seems to have the belief of he who dies with the most toy wins. It's not a controlling issue to the point of just nauseating ego. It's not any type of narcissistic behavior. He loves the game and that can only be nothing but fantastic news and opportunities for that organization. He generally seems to care about every that he gets involved with, everything that he invests in. He's actively involved, yet not a micromanagement type owner, which drives general managers and everybody else out of their mind. It's like, hey, dude, you hired me. Let me do the job. If you didn't think I can do the job, you shouldn't have hired me. Or if you actually wanted to do the job, you should be the general manager as well. If you want me to do the job, let me do it. And he's that kind of an owner, which is going to be fantastic for the rest of that organization. Everything points to him actually caring about the people on his team. There's been people that have been interviewed from other organizations and companies that he owns that have absolutely nothing but the most positive things to say about the guy, and that has to be something to be really looking forward to be a part of and to have the type of owner of for the team that you play for. But all things point to Michael Landauer being the best thing that's ever happened to the Ottawa Senators. And I say that with no disrespect to previous ownership groups or anything else, but the future of the Ottawa Senators has to be looking exceptionally bright on every aspect possible, combining the new ownership with all of the on-ice talent that's already arrived, that is still yet to come as Ottawa has done a phenomenal job drafting, for decades now, Canadian hockey has seemingly taken a backseat to U.S. teams, which is in itself a crime as the sport was born in Canada and is a Canadian game. This should make yet another Canadian team extremely competitive with solid ownership and hopefully brings back championships and higher competition to those organizations in Canada and starts balancing out the league a little bit. Speaking of balance and for Canadian teams, right now the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers are in their window. Both organizations have a three to four year window with tremendously talented rosters headed by, of course, people we've already talked about, Connor McDavid in Edmonton and Austin Matthews in Toronto. However, if those two players and their organizations don't win well, you have the likes of a Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews. It would just be borderline criminal to have that kind of team with those kinds of talents and not win a Stanley Cup. 
that would just be heartbreaking in a lot of ways, not only to the fans, but especially to those players. It is just exceptionally talented teams, but their windows start now and have three to four years. After that, you got to be looking at the Ottawa Senators are probably the most furthest along in their build, followed very closely by the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal has built, probably out of those four teams, has recovered and rebuilt their organization quicker than any of them. Oh yeah, but the Montreal Canadiens don't have a Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews on their roster. Don't underestimate the talent Montreal has. There's not any other roster in the NHL with a Connor McDavid on it. There's not any other roster in the NHL with an Austin Matthews on it. Does that mean they're automatically all excluded? And if that's the case, how did Vegas win this past season? Those are the kinds of beliefs that are just kind of really bizarre to listen to and people go, well, if you don't have Connor McDavid on your team, you don't have a chance to win. Well, Connor McDavid hasn't won a Stanley Cup on his team yet, and no other team has him. So that kind of cancels that out, doesn't it? So Edmonton has him, hasn't won a cup with him, and no other team has him. That's kind of weird as far as a philosophy to me. And looking at a team like Montreal, who so many people want to say, oh, but they don't have an elite talent. Let's look at what this organization has done in a very, very short time. Jeff Molson made a clean sweep, brought in Jeff Gordon, who brought in Ken Hughes, who brought in Adam Nichols. The organization brought in Martin St. Louis, Genevieve Paquette, Chantal Maccabee. We haven't even talked about the players yet. That's a hell of a management and organizational group. With honorable mentions going to the entire amateur scouting department, the addition of Vincent LeCavalier, who I find very interesting, has kind of remained just kind of behind the scenes. One has to wonder what he's actually doing. I think whatever he's doing is a fantastic addition to the organization, but it's just interesting Montreal has been able to virtually keep him a secret. Then you get to the roster that's added just an amazing amount of talent that a Montreal Canadiens roster has not seen in at least the last 30 years. That's a hell of a job in a really, really short period of time. Yeah, they don't have Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews. No other team does either. But man, they have put together a hell of an organization in Montreal, top to bottom. Well, like I mentioned in the beginning, September is here, which means the 2023-2024 season is not that far away before you start having rookie camps, training camps, all kinds of roster positional battles and things like that. That wraps up episode 65 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will be back again before you can blink your eyes.